it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Winging It with Vince Carter and Annie Finberg is back in full swing for its second season. Catch up on recent episodes with guests like Wyclef Jean, who talks about growing up in Haiti, hip-hop as a teacher, and performing with a goat. And you can hear from tennis phenom Coco Goff on beating Venus Williams at 15 years old. You can listen to Winging It on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Heat Check. I'm your host, John Gonzalez. Joined as I am every week once again by my producer, Steve Allman. Hello. Uh, Buddy, I haven't seen you in a minute. Heat Check was off. Then we had the new year. Isaac was in for you. uh, As we like to call him, new Steve was in for you. And then also now... Uh, this is a Wednesday. I checked the calendar again. Uh, normally, we're on a Monday. We flip-flopped with uh, another podcast. We're on a Wednesday, so it's been a second. Yeah, it's been way too long. This is a Wednesday now. We're like, how far into this new year now? It's 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 insane. Yeah, weeks, months into the new year. <laughs> it's been years into this new year. Yeah, so I was, the reason why we flipped it is uh, I was back in Philly for this past uh, wild card weekend Eagles game where my wife hosted a wonderful event in our favorite bar, which went swimmingly, and then the Eagles fell apart. <laughs> but here we are. That's okay. It was, it, it was worth the trip, and we'll return to the, the regular schedule next week. Uh, but I wanted to say to you and the listeners, Happy New Year. Thanks for listening. A reminder to please rate and review us. And don't forget about all the great NBA content on TheRinger.com. Dan Devine has a story about the 11 teams that could be looking to sell at the deadline. And he double-dipped. He's got one on the Thunders rebuild, hitting the sweet spot. They just beat the Nets on Tuesday night. Nets are reeling. We're going to get into that a little bit later in the show. Haley O'Shaughnessy has a story about uh, the guide to the Western Conference logjam and the race for the eighth seed out West. That's a fun one. Don't miss that. And of course, Jonathan Charks, always doing good work. He has one about the big question, uh, emphasis on big surrounding Zion's imminent return. Coming up later in the show, we'll discuss Dwight Howard in the dunk contest and why Haley hates fun. But first, let's review the latest news from around the league and bring in our regular contributors, Dan and Haley. Boom, shakalaka! He's heating up! All right, one of them is in studio and one is way across the country in our NYCHQ. It's Heat Check Coast to Coast with Haley and Dan. Gang. We are all dunking on Tristan Thompson. It's what I look, uh, and also uh, <laughs> Dan Devine, cleanly shaven. Yeah, looks great. Yeah, definitely a choice and not a mistake with a setting on the trimmer. So let's just like go with me leaning into a new year type situation. Oh, I've done that. Yeah. One time I went and uh, was trimming up the old eyebrows because I've got Peter Gallagher sized eyebrows. Shouts to Peter Gallagher in the OC <laughs> and uh, took out a chunk. <laughs> so that didn't go well at all. And everybody should be careful with their trimmer settings. All right. Uh, let's review some headlines from around the league with NBA Instant Replay. All right. AD and the Lakers, they crushed the Knicks. On Tuesday, but Anthony Davis fell hard on his tailbone. According to the Athletics' Shams Charnia, the MRI came back clean, but he has a gluteus maximus contusion, otherwise known as a butt bruise. Uh, Haley, what kind of concern? He's supposed to travel with the team for the upcoming Dallas and OKC double-dip road trip, but AD has had injury issues in the past. It sounds like this one will be okay, but anytime you see him go boom, you got to be a little nervous, no? I'm not saying that a gluteus maximus contusion is something easy to recover from, but it could have been much worse. 
But with that being said, the Lakers are in great positioning right now. I see no reason to not let him fully heal. There's no reason to rush him back. So I really actually don't think that they're at, this is a major reason to worry. Dan Devon, your level of concern and uh, as our resident Dwight Howard aficionado and fan, you're excited for the increase in playing time coming his way. Yeah, I mean, although I, I will note we've sort of the part of the Dwight Howard renaissance here has been that we've had like a limited exposure to Dwight Howard. So the, the more it grows, the da- the greater the danger grows with it. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think there's some reason to be concerned there. Um, but with I'm with Haley. I think that, you know, the main thing here, we've talked about this before. The Lakers have have been great, obviously, with both LeBron and Anthony Davis on the floor at the same time. But they've been uh, similarly great with LeBron on and Davis off. Uh, the, the issues they've had are more when LeBron's off the floor. So I think for a short stint to, to get sort of get Davis some rest and get him back into full health, this is, should be uh, you know pretty smooth sailing for them. The concern I would have is just if this leads to you over-relying on LeBron too early, which we've talked about before with that load management question. But uh, I think for a short stint here, discretion is the better part of valor for AD. I think you're, you're correct that uh, as our exposure to Dwight Howard increases our... Uh, affection for him decreases. Those are inversely proportional. We're going to get to that later on in the main event because Haley has a lot to get off her chest. But I think that this brings up uh, (laughs) the constant um, conversation around the Lakers about their depth and whether or not this team, despite the fact that they're playing really well uh, and have been all season long and, you know, tops in the Western Conference, second only to the Bucs in terms of record in the entire NBA, whether or not they need more. And this is something that has been sort of uh, chatted about uh, in NBA circles, the Athletic and the Sacramento Bee both reported almost the exact same language, which is very interesting. Whenever I see almost the exact same language from two different media outlets, uh, it points me in the direction of a, a similar source. But in this particular instance, both of them reported that the Kings are not interested in the rumored Kyle Kuzma for Bogdan Bogdanovich swap. And both outlets said that they value the Kings value Bogdanovich's versatility and they are comfortable having the right to match in restricted free agency this summer. But I ask you, do the Lakers need to make a trade? Yeah, it's necessary to look ahead and anticipate what issues might come down the road when the team is tired in the latter half of the season. If you think about their starting lineup and guys off the bench, they're run by older players and injury prone players. And what they've needed all along is a guard, and that hasn't changed. It's just been that LeBron is capable of so many things. Unfortunately, the guard market for exactly what they need is pretty small. Pretty small. And so we've heard a lot about maybe Kyle Kuzma, Dan, being the guy that they'd want to move. Now, he makes $2 million this season. He's owed $3.6 million next season, which complicates things because that means they can't take back a ton of money. Now, if you started stacking some of these other contracts like uh, DeMarcus Cousins and Quinn Cook, who are essentially on expirings, that would work out to like eight and a half. You could take back 175% of what you send out. So that could mean it could bring back maybe 13 and a half. But if you start sending out multiple players, uh, like say three players, the receiving team would need to create room by either sending more players back, which sort of defeats the purpose here, or waiving somebody or working with a third team. So there's all these different kind of complicating factors. But I guess we'll just try to simplify this for conversation purposes. Uh, Is Kyle Kuzma, the guy to move to the, does he have a long-term future with them? What, what, you know, he didn't, he didn't start the season with them. He doesn't play much defense. If he's not scoring, he's not adding a lot of value. Like what are you getting from Kyle Kuzma, whether you keep him or move him? Well, first, I have to give you a shout out for that 175% of what you take out, what you send out is coming back. You can't spell Gons without C-B-A-F-A-Q. So that was pretty impressive. <laughs> Thank you. I really enjoyed that. Um, 
Yeah, I, Kuzma is it's it's less that he's the piece that they would like want to move and more kind of like the last bullet left in the gun. You know, they sent out all of their, um, you know, young rookie scale kind of assets and the valuable pieces in the Anthony Davis trade, which obviously well, worked out like gangbusters. But um, so Kuzma sort of like the last thing you can flip into something else financially is, is the big question of what you can get back that's in that salary range. But I think the bigger question, too, for for Kuzma, like he's a guy who can create his own shot. And in a playoff series, we see that as series go on and on, if you can't do something on offense, you can't stay on the floor. If you can't defend, you can't stay on the floor either, which is kind of a, t- a tough uh, yeah. line to walk. But the idea that you might want to have another shot creator makes some sense to me as like a second unit uh, you know, initiator or somebody that can, that can just get some, some points going in a hurry. Um, but the the question of what, as Haley pointed, like what they would want in that role, what the last piece of their puzzle, what they view it as is fascinating to me. Because if they decide it's a playmaking guard, maybe you try to move that to Detroit for like Derrick Rose, right? If you decide it's a, def- a wing defender, somebody who can go up against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in a series, maybe you start calling Minnesota and see if you can move that salary range in for like Robert Covington. You know, the, the, the idea of, or if, if this, you know, if you just say we want to build the whole plane out of guys that can shoot, you know, bomb threes off LeBron passes. Maybe you keep, you know, knocking on Sacramento's door about Bogdanovich. I, the idea of what they think they need is, I think, one of the more fascinating questions we would look at. Because I don't know that they need need anything, but what they see as a problem is sort of a, a big, a big, an interesting puzzle box here. Yeah, and also, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, we, we need something, we're going to send Kuzma out. But Kuzma by himself, to me, doesn't feel like you're going to get a ton back for him. Uh, as I mentioned, the complicated salary things. And then as you mentioned, the, the lottery picks, they don't really have any to offer because New Orleans owns their entire draft from now until the end of time. So right. that's going to th- make things uh, harder for them. And then also maybe the return that they get back if they decided to go that way wouldn't yield maybe as much as they would otherwise hope. Uh in a similarly difficult spot, although for much different reasons in terms of what they might do with their franchise, the Detroit Pistons, holy hell, are, are these dark days in Detroit? Uh, Shams again reported that Blake Griffin underwent surgery on his left knee and and will undergo extended rehab. He is out indefinitely. We presume this means he will not play again this season. He played just 18 games, some of the worst numbers of his career. He's owed $75.8 million over the next two seasons. I mean, my God, the Pistons are in a in a bad spot. Uh, he'll be 31 in March, Blake Griffin. Uh, let's just start with this. How bad was that trade? Uh, okay, so I would like to give an update just so we can see currently for what they got. Mm-hmm. Exactly, what the Clippers got. So ultimately, trading Blake Griffin got the Clippers shy, Gilders Alexander, which was part of the trade for Paul George, Landry, Zubak, Wilson Chandler, Jamichael Green, and Garrett Temple, who were all on expirings. The 2020 first-round pick from Philly, which they flipped last year for the 27th overall pick to draft Cabin Ge- Cabin Gelly. I'm going to do that again. The 27th overall pick to draft Cabin Gelly. Two second-round picks in 2021 and 2023, which they still have. And a 2021 first-round pick for Miami, which is also part of the Paul George trade. So they have Paul George, Landry Shamit, Zubak, a G-leaguer who, I don't know, we'll see, maybe two second-round picks and a ton of cap space. The Pistons have Blake Griffin's knees. Yeah, the Pistons have the opposite, Dan, which, like, I look at them and I— this is this is tough times, and I I know a couple of people over there, and I, and I want nice things for the Pistons. I think it's going to be difficult, though. Uh, the owner Tom Gore said that he's open to new directions. Yeah, no shit. I would hope so. They've got <laughs> Andre Drummond, who uh, is one thousand percent opting out this summer, which means that they're probably going to try to move him at the deadline. Now, the problem here is 
One, what is actually Andre Drummond? Is he a good stats, bad team guy? Is he like a slightly better version of Hassan Whiteside? Uh, what could you get back from him, especially because teams know that he's probably going to walk. So like, what are you, what are you going to get there? And then also in the same way that we were saying that the Lakers are sort of handicapped in what they can maneuver, uh, the, the Pistons don't have a ton of cap space. They don't have a, like this cache of picks that they can go and, and build upon and, and, you know, uh, hopefully build through the draft. And then they don't have a single player who is a young player that they absolutely know will be a star moving forward. Uh, how bleak is this? It's not great, Gons. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> um, I th- but I think you're right. You're right to note with the, the Andre Drummond question, both the fact that he's probably a rental or you're trading him to a, play- a team that's going to try, they're going like, to extend or resign him this summer. You're probably not like refilling the coffers off of that. That's like an expiring salary and maybe like a protected future first or something like that. The return's not going to be great. That kind of doesn't matter though because you just have to start getting returns. Like basically yeah. anything that's not under 24 and and held, like nailed down to the court at Little Caesars Arena has to be on its way out for something that you can then build into something else. The bummer here is I still like I I get why Detroit did what it did was to the Stan Van Gundy era. Uh, they were like, it's not just Stan trying to save his job, but also Detroit's never getting a guy even as good as of an injured and older Blake Griffin. They had to try something. It's like a get busy living or get busy dying kind of thing. The upside of it was last year, Blake Griffin is a legitimate all NBA player and you make the playoffs again. The downside of it is the, the all of the risk of the knees and the injury stuff comes to roost. And now you're left kind of nowhere, but you were sort of nowhere already. So at least you tried something and now you sort of, you, you build, it's going to be a take a while, but you kind of have to try shit, you know? Well, and, but my one concern is that previously they had tried shit and then screwed it up as well because they missed on Stanley Johnson and Henry Ellison. They took Luke Kennard one pick ahead of your guy, Don Mitchell. Boo! Uh, and they, they actually, they got, they landed on Chris Middleton and Spencer Dinwiddie and then gave up on Chris Middleton and Spencer Dinwiddie. So (laughs) I worry about how, uh, what will happen if they do try shit and then actually, uh, you know, maybe screw it up anyway, but good news for them. They beat the Cavaliers on Tuesday. Hooray, uh, for beating Cleveland things not going so well in Cleveland either. Uh, as I mentioned, they lost to the Pistons, Kevin Love, Kevin Love threw a temper tantrum. And then he apologized for throwing his temper tantrum. He said that he was, uh, he wasn't acting like a 31 year old. He was acting like a 13 year old. He told the media that I fucked up. I showed my actions on a national level. That was childish of me. And this is the interesting part. And I'll go to you here first, Dan. (laughs) I don't care if I'm here for five months or for five more weeks, I'm going to try to do my best by these guys and by the coaching staff. Uh, he clearly wants out, Dan. Do you understand his frustration? Because on the one hand, he took all their money. But on the other hand, I think it's fair to say that he probably didn't think it would get this bad. Yeah, I, I, I found myself laughing at that. You know, Whether it's five weeks or five months, but definitely not four years. Definitely yeah. not the remainder <laughs> of this contract. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, Which, by the I, way, I want to stop you real quick. Therein lies the rub in terms of moving him. You mentioned the remainder of his contract. After this year, he has owed $31.2 million, $31.2 million, and then $28.9 in the final season. That is a tough contract to move. But Gons, it declines in value as it goes along. It makes mm. him basically a positive asset when you really think about it <laughs> yeah, in two it's years. it's going to be great. So it long pays as he's not for whip- itself. So long as he's not whipping fastballs at somebody because he's pissed off. Um, yeah, I think that they... He did. He did what he needed. You know, you you secure the bag and you figure everything else else out later. That's basically the idea with Kevin Love there. 
the Cavs were saying we need something that keeps us basically like, theoretically relevant after LeBron leaves an actual NBA basketball player who is a grown up to keep to stick around and maybe a star. They do that with Kevin Love. They also locked in a price point thinking if he stays healthy, he's tradable because, you know, there's not going to be X amount of stars on the, on the, the market, yada, yada, yada. I think Kevin Love probably figured that it was going to be, we try to stay competitive. Hell, they're signing me. We're still going to try to stay competitive. And then in the short term thereafter, it's like, oh, no, actually, we're turning everything over to a dorm room. And that's going to be sort of a problem for me. So he bears some responsibility for not maybe seeing this coming or seeing uh, understanding that this was going to be part of the process. Uh, but I, I believe the Cavs probably bear a, a fair amount of it, too, for saying like, no, 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 yeah, we're going to be good. Don't worry about it. We're going to build around you. And then when everything falls apart, you wind up with some disgruntled parties on both sides. Haley, sometimes you got to speak up. Squeaky wheel gets the grease. Uh, I understand his frustration here. Where are you on Kevin Love's outburst and then the apology tour? I'm always on the side of the players because organizations are never fair and they're just people and they should be happy. However, I think it's interesting that 10 days ago, Dwayne Dedman told the Kings that he told the media, sorry, that he wants to trade and he later got fined $50,000. Yet Kevin Love can say yesterday, quote, I know I can get a lot better and that can't go on here, but he will not be fined. He's Kevin Love. Maybe they give him a little leeway because he is still stuck in Cleveland, although he he's making many millions of dollars. So that would uh, probably help mitigate any pain there. All right. Last one. I want to move on. I guess this entire headlines is just going to be all sorts of dark. Uh, we've gone through Cleveland, <laughs> Detroit, and now the Brooklyn Nets. They lost again on Tuesday. They fell to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Seven game losing streak. Eight of nine. Spencer Dinwiddie missed a free uh, technical free throw at, towards the end of regulation and a floater. Um, they go down Kyrie Irving, no closer to return. He's got a shoulder injury, no shoulder surgery for now, but it's not off the table. He took a, a cortisone shot Christmas Eve. He'll be reevaluated in a month or two. He only feels pain, Dan, when he lifts his right shoulder to shoot. So, uh, <laughs> would you just shut him down? I mean, like, I know that the Nets had high, higher hopes than this for the season, but ultimately it's still about waiting until KD comes back next year. Yeah, and that's been sort of the tension all season long, right? Um, I'd also like to note for the record that I wrote about the Nets in Five Most Interesting Teams like two weeks ago, and then since, I think they have not won a game. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> ringer curse alive and well um, in its various forms. Um, I think everybody knew this was a placeholder year, but the idea, the hope was that you would sort of develop some things along the way that can be of value when you get Kevin Durant back and you can see what the team really looks like. The injuries to Kyrie Irving and Karis LeVert, who just came back last night as well, kind of imp impeded that. So I think if if there's a question at all about whether Kyrie coming back this year could harm the long term, you know, uh, viability of his of his health or whatever, then I think, yeah, shut him down, punt it. We'll see where we go from here. But um, you, you still want to see what Levert looks like alongside Irving, uh, you know, sharing the ball, what a three headed monster with them and Dinwiddie looks like over a longer period of time, how they defend this, all that kind of stuff. Like those things still will matter when you get to plug Kevin Durant in, but it's ultimately like this might make the decision for them. Haley, as we record this, the Brooklyn Nets are clinging to the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. They are two and a half games up on the Charlotte Hornets. They're a half game back over the Orlando Magic for the seventh seed. But there's a path here if they really wanted to like go hard right and tank into it. Uh, which way would you go? Tank or play? Uh, I would honestly, I would play because the guys who are there now will be there next year. And Karis Levert is back. He was injured last year. He's already been injured this year. Give him a chance to, you know, grow. Spencer Dinwiddie, I have not given up on at all. I think that, um, 
you know, yesterday is a normal struggle for someone of his caliber. Oh, he's had a really good year. He's had a really good year yeah, with Kyrie exactly. Irving. I, I, I like Karis LeVert too. Yeah, let them grow. Let them play. Yeah. Should, uh, they're, they're done uh, tanking and getting draft picks. Haley, They've done it long enough. Haley is about empowering people except for one specific person <laughs> who we will get to in just a second. It's Dan. That was NBA <laughs> Instant Replay. Before we go to the main event, a quick break for a word from our sponsors. January is here, and that means January sports are here. NFL Divisional Round is kicking off. The College Football National Championship is set, and the NBA is getting into full swing. And if you are as excited as I am about the best sports month of the year, then you want to make sure you enjoy all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook is America's number one online sportsbook for a reason. They've got all the bets you could want. They've got a great, easy-to-use app, new promotions every day, and once you win... They get you your cash fast. And if you've been holding out on trying FanDuel Sportsbook, then now's the time. Because right now, FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new users their first bet risk-free. That means you can place any bet within seven days of signing up, and FanDuel Sportsbook will refund you up to 500 bucks in site credit if you don't win. Now, this is interesting. So I've got a risk-free bet. I, I quit betting, you know, in full disclosure, I quit betting a long time ago uh, when the Diamondbacks, this is will date me when the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees because I realized in that moment, despite the fact that I have made a life and a career of covering sports, very bad at predicting what will happen in sports. And yet I went home this weekend and hung out with my buddies and we decided like knuckleheads to have a couple of beers and bet the Sixers and they proceeded to lose four games straight despite us continually betting the Sixers so or maybe because of us continually betting the Sixers. So I say this with that caveat. I kind of like the Packers this weekend minus four against the Seahawks. When was the last time your bookie gave you a do-over? I didn't think so. They don't do that. My bookie never did. To claim your risk-free bet, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app from iOS App Store or visit fanduel.com slash android and be sure to use promo code RINGERNBA so they know we sent you. That's promo code RINGERNBA, R-I-N-G-E-R-N-B-A to get your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Disclaimer, 21 and over, present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Indiana. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires 14 days after receipt. Terms and restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And now, back to Heat Check. All right, we mentioned Dwight Howard at the top of the show. It's time to get into a little bit more Dwight Howard. Let's go to the main event. All right, so uh, on Tuesday, along with a whole bunch of other players in the NBA who didn't get waived, Dwight Howard's contract became guaranteed. He'll make the the veteran minimum of $2.56 million. And more notably for our purposes right here, he'll be in the dunk contest for the first time since 2009. Haley is already shaking her head at me. Howard is 34 years old. Haley, when this uh, happened, immediately took to the old Twitter machine, uh, firing off the following missive. The dunk contest is the only good thing about All-Star Weekend. By the way, we're going to get into that. And they're going to throw 34-year-old Dwight Howard back in there. I hope Ja Morant uses him as a prop for fuck's sake. Uh, Haley, <laughs> a lot of things to unpack in this, including your hatred of the olds, but we'll get to that in a second. You just go. Just go and tell me why you don't like this. Okay, a couple of things to, like, as precursors. Mm -hmm. um, age is relative. 
relative mm-hmm. in the NBA. True. Age is very relative. So I'm not calling 34 like, years old. Okay? I like to believe that it's relative in life as well. <laughs> just like more broadly. <laughs> yeah. Just just if we were going to pan back for a second, it's just a number as exactly, grandma would say. Exactly. Right. Um, second, I feel the need to say that his redemption story doesn't feel so heartwarming to me personally because of his transphobic comments last season. However, that is not why I'm opposed to him in the dunk contest. This is a sentimental thing. Do you guys remember the last time someone his weight was in the dunk contest? It was 2017. It was DeAndre Jordan. And after his very first dunk in the first round, he had nothing else to do. He looked embarrassed. He looked like he didn't want to be there. He looked like he wanted to be over. Give it to someone who can do some cool shit. Kids these days can like ball themselves up. (laughs) Kids these days! I'm much older now. <laughs> they can ball themselves up, flip sideways, flip freaking upside down through the hoop. They're doing crazy shit that Dwight Howard will never be able to do. Save the sentimental stuff for like a halftime ceremony. All right. So all of these things are incredible. <laughs> and you bring up some very interesting points. I'll counterpoint and I'll throw to my fellow old or le- less old than me, but older than Haley. Uh, no, no, I'll take it, Gaunt. It's okay. Dan I'm not Divine, I want you to just be in my age group here. You're, you're closer. You, <laughs> you kind of split the difference between the two of us. But uh, Haley said by 34, she'll be off the grid raising alpacas <laughs> uh, on Twitter. And I look forward to that day and I'll buy some of your alpaca fur. Uh, but I, I think... Counterpoint to this is that give me all the olds, Dan Devine. I want an <laughs> exclusively old All Star Weekend where it's just like Vince, uh, it's Vince Carter and Dwight Howard and Kyle Korver, fuck Mello, get Mello out there. Like CP <laughs> can get his creaky ass on the court. Give me all the olds. Well, I mean, that would really destroy the sanctity of a competition that in recent years has been dominated by people like Hamadou Diallo and Glenn Robinson the Third yeah. and other people you probably <laughs> forgot won the dunk contest. Um, yeah, I mean, there are moments where it is cool and that there are things that are come back. Obviously, we remember fondly the Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon duel. We remember, you know, Donovan Mitchell had had some moments a couple years ago. I'm sure Haley remembers that fondly. I sure Um, do. But there's also a shitload of like Jeremy Evans jumping over a picture and stuff, you know, like, I don't know that we need if we're doing stunt dunking. Let's do stunt dunking with like, yeah, let's see. I want to see Kyle Korver cock back that thing and see what he can do with it. Like, let's. It's, it, it seems like at least worth a counter-programming angle, if nothing else. Although I will say, this is my, my like hedge. I feel like the dunk contest is better when you're watching it in person than it is on TV sometimes. Um, and I know that's like a, a very privileged thing to be able to say to get to cover it. But like when you're watching guys fly, you're like, oh, that's fucking rad. That's really cool that that guy can do that. Even if he didn't make it, it's a cool thing. And on TV, you're just like, boo, you <laughs> suck. And that's like a little, it, it's something that's lost in translation. Yeah. So this is a good point. I mean, I like your idea about stunt dunking. We'll just like roll out to timeout trampolines and uh, have somebody catapult off of that thing. Get, get Gilbert Arenas in there. He used to like doing that kind of stuff. It'll he, be, did all, he, li- he also liked other stuff. That was what was that? What was that sport that they had for like a half a second on uh, slam Spike ball. TV? Slam ball. Yes, we'll do a slam ball dunk competition. But to Haley's point about the dunk contest is the only good thing about All Star Weekend. I want to interrogate that uh, for a second. Is that right? Is that like because there are other things that I think are semi interesting, like the three point contest? Luca and Trey were invited to the three point contest. I'm interested in that. The skills competition, semi interesting. Uh, the Rising Stars game, or whatever the fuck it's called now, kind of sort of piques my interest. Uh, you can tell you love it by based on you saying whatever the fuck it's yeah, called. I you don't can know tell that you really love it. You're super committed to it. I don't know what it is. And also, uh, <laughs> like getting to see Kevin Hart and um, uh, Michael Rappaport in a celeb game. 
Every now and again, semi-interesting. So, so do you truly believe, or was this just a Twitter take, that the dunk contest is the only good part? I don't give a shit about Kevin Hart. Wow. Just, <laughs> clip it. I mean, clip well, I don't know what, save it. I don't know what Kevin Hart ever did to you, but fine. New Isaac, <laughs> clip it. <laughs> Done. Uh, yeah, I mean, the sure, the three-point contest is interesting to see where people are against each other. I will say... Seth didn't beat his brother last year, but he did beat him overall in better three-point percentage to finish out the season. So is it super accurate? Is he, Are they the best three-point shooter? I don't know. There's no defenders. For Haley, it's about ethics in shooting journalism. She's yeah. here. She, all she really wants is, to, is, I want to know who is the best dunker and who is the best three-point shooter. So if Giannis is in it, Fuck it. Who cares if it's not, uh, you know, I don't know, George Hill this year, I guess. Who cares? Forget it. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think that Haley's right to 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 point to the three point contest. I think that's become like the more marquee event over the last few years. But I don't know that really I mean, that any of it is like so overwhelmingly worth, you know, canonizing like the days where it was. Dominique and Michael Jordan and, you know, like the, like the, the heyday of that thing. Vince's uh, 2000 dunk contest is like preserved in amber. You're never touching that again. So like do something weird with it, man. Dwight Howard, you know what, dude, go up there. I don't care if you bring the cape out. I don't care if you don't. I don't care. I, please don't do the phone booth. That took a long time. Ugh. But like go up and slap a sticker on the backboard. Go do something. Like, call call it back for us. Fuck it. Take a, 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 one of Gerald Green's dunks. Go blow out a cupcake up there. Like, let's, like, where everything is a reboot nowadays anyway. Why not? Give it a shot. Let's see if Dwight Howard can bring some spark back to it. So this is my, this is kind of my underlying point here that I don't think we can bring some spark back to it. I think the dunk contest is pretty well cooked and has been for a while with the exception of, you know, the Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, like momentarily revitalizing it. So then my idea is we go the other way. And we lean hard into how awful this could be with Dwight Howard. I mean, I don't expect it to be good. In fact, I expect it to be bad. And we should like, we should absorb that irony. We should embrace it. We should lean into it. Yeah. Take out the cape. Be bad at this. Like a bad dunk contest could be good. Ah, no. <laughs> You're telling me that we should just give up on people doing the coolest thing besides chase down blocks in the NBA. This is the greatest display of athleticism. Absolutely not. Also, if you want it to be fun again, you're telling me that you'd rather have Dwight Howard doing the same shit we've already seen, except for much less springy, yeah. than a young guy who has way more athleticism so still in him. This is spoken like a still young person who is not yet raising <laughs> alpacas and off the grid. <laughs> for those of us who are post-34, like doing anything athletically is an incredible feat. Like that, that Dwight can do that at 34 is mind-boggling to me. That Vince Carter... And I've mentioned this on the show before. We're the same age. He's like a month and a half older than me. That he's still out there playing in the NBA is incredible. That he can dunk is mind-blowing to me. I went for a run the other day. I got halfway out there. I thought I had to call Colleen to come pick me up because my body <laughs> started to hurt. So that's why like seeing old people do shit like that is impressive to me, even if it is the much worse version of what they did when they were younger. I actually would approve of Vince. That's a completely different Vince situation. would be incredible. Vince, come do the dunk contest. One note, just to, to put a button on it, from Dave McManaman of ESPN last night said, Dwight Howard threw some kryptonite on any ideas he'd be making a Superman return to the dunk contest in Chicago next month. Quote, I don't know where you guys are getting this information from. I never said I was doing the dunk contest. You protest too much, Dwight. <laughs> so, and, I'm, and I'm telling you, the, the, the more he winds up going like, no, guys, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not doing it. And then it's like, surprise, I am doing it. We're going to be like, oh, 
fuck Dwight. Um, one, you're right. I think he doth protest too much. And two, really wish we had added that information before we did an entire segment on Dwight <laughs> Howard and the dunk contest. Guys, he's he's running. Don't worry about it. He's that's, running. That's heat check for you. That's the main event for you. Let's go to our favorite segment, Good Call, Bad Call. What a bold call here. All right, time for uh, GCBC. So Dwayne Wade, he's retired. And uh, we all knew that. And the Miami Heat really want to reinforce that in our brains. They're going to retire his jersey and give him uh, quite the send-off in February. A three-day weekend of retirement festivities for Dwayne Wade, which feels like a hell of a lot. I think you could, I mean, like Kobe, when Kobe retired, they put out Kobe Land. Palo covered this for us for the ringer. There were like, it was like a fair that they did outside of Staples Center. But he didn't get three days. He got one day. So Kobe's going to be pissed about this. So uh, <laughs> GCBC Haley O'Shaughnessy to the Miami Heat giving Dwayne Wade an entire weekend of retirement. God, Wade has been living the life since he retired. And I think this is just a continuation of that. The longer a party, always the better. This is a good call. Uh, Dan Devine. The longer the party, the worse the hangover is the other part of that, though. <laughs> and I feel like this is like... By the end of it, you're sort of like, oh, and also the longer the party, the more you're like, can't these guys just fucking leave? I want to clean up and go to bed. So I think that maybe by like Sunday afternoon, that's going to be the vibe in Miami about uh, about Dwayne Wade. I understand the idea of he's bent, he's meant so much to the franchise. It's his city, et cetera. Three days is a lot of time to celebrate anybody. So I'm going to go with that call. I like this uh, old man. I want to just go home and, and go to bed take. That's fantastic and very on brand. Uh, Steve. Uh, I agree with the uh, the olds. I'm, I'm not up for that long of a party. That's the most Miami shit I've ever heard. It is Miami, <laughs> however. That's, well, that's a fair point. That's a fair point, though. It's a very Miami thing. It's. I mean, they, they've got all kinds of fun club drugs that they could do that weekend. Uh, I'm sure that they'll be up the entire time. I personally am always, on the one hand, I'm torn here. I'm torn between uh, my default position of, yeah, I like to go to bed early too and get off my lawn. On the other hand, I love a weird scene. I've pretty much mm. made an entire career out of chronicling weird scenes, and this is going to be a weird <laughs> scene. That's a GC for me. Uh, let's go to Dame Willard. He said that uh, he threw a little shade at load management, told Bleacher Report, I don't play pickup all summer. That's where guys could start with their load management. Uh, Haley O'Shaughnessy, does Dame Willard have a point? Good call or bad call on? Just skip all of your summer league for the love of the game workouts and do your load management in the offseason. Athletes are different people with different bodies and different injury histories who are different ages. You can't tell someone what's best for them to prepare for a season. This is a bad call. He should be more considerate that others are different than him. Dan Devine, load managing the offseason? A uh, good call. If Listen, if I could get away with like not simulating writing for three months, that would be fucking amazing. That'd mm -hmm. be super great. I would spend like my, you know, my July, my August, my September just like, I don't know, pretending to like type, like, you know, working on my game, but like not actually getting out there. That'd be fantastic. Imagine how fit your fingers would be. They'd be amazing. Uh, Steve Allman. I'm all about organization. So I would say good call. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with Dame here. Take a little time off in the summer, GC. Uh, let's go to my man, Brett Brown. I was home, at, which is the reason why the podcast is now on a Wednesday this week instead of on a Monday. I was home this weekend. And while I was there, not only did the Eagles lose, the Sixers lost a bunch of games. And all I heard was how awful Brett Brown was from, from Philadelphia. And they're wrong about that. But uh, Brett Brown leading into this, <laughs> Brett Brown taking the heat for Ben Simmons, who hasn't shot a three in quite some time. And he gave this quote, evidently I have failed. It's something that we're all mindful of. And this is one of these things that is never going to go away. The, this attention this has received is remarkable. I guess I helped fuel it. 
Uh, Haley O'Shaughnessy, GC or BC on Brett Brown falling on the sword on behalf of Ben Simmons here? This is so dramatic. This is one of the things that's never going to go away. He really only needs to shoot a three. Just yank him like one game if he doesn't shoot a three. It's Ben Simmons. He's oh my gonna God. Wanna... You think that that would make it go away? You think he'd only yanked flip? him because he didn't shoot a three? Then do something like just do something dramatic. This is so dramatic. You're telling me that he couldn't just, Brett couldn't just do something dramatic. His job is already like perpetually on the hot seat, wouldn't you say that? Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, come on. Just like, do if you're, I failed. Okay, then do something else. I love drama. Mm-hmm. I love a little Catholic guilt. This is a good call. God, you should move to Philadelphia. You'd be perfect there. Dan Devine. <laughs> Yeah, I love that Haley's like, I don't, this is too dramatic, so let's put out a fire with gasoline. Yeah. Like, that's the way to, 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 to make this all work. Ben Simmons gets pulled. Um, I think this is a good call for, because Brett Brown, like, he has the idea of like, the, the, he's been sort of taking the slings and arrows for everybody in this franchise for this long. Like, it's just part of his identity. As somebody who is perpetually sorry and apologizing to everybody and always pretty sure I'm in everybody's way, I feel that. I really understand it. Yeah. Um, so I just like my, the, my concern is that by the end of this all, Brett is going to be like sm- scrunched into a corner on the train like I do. But um, I think that the idea of saying like, I'm going to take all the heat so that these guys can go do whatever they need to do is the right idea. Also, fucking everybody shut up about Ben Simmons. He does so many other things really, really great. Let's focus on that for like five seconds, maybe. Yeah. Also, just to point this out. Catholic guilt, that's his thing. Don't take his shtick. That's yeah, Dan right. Devine's, that's my bit. That's Dan Devine's bit. Uh, Steve Allman. Uh, I'd say BC only because Haley was not the publicist that organized a more dramatic apology. So <laughs> <Yeah>. I would <laughs> say... <laughs> That would have been that would have been way better. I'm also three a B- days. I'm also a BC here. Uh, I love Brett Brown as as stated time and time again on this show, and I hate how much heat he has to take uh, in perpetuity for that organization. Everybody leave Brett alone. He's amazing. All right, that was good call, bad call. That was heat check. I want to thank Steve Allman, Dan Devine, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and all of you for listening. Please rate and review us. Uh, read all of our content on the ringer.com. Listen to the NBA show on the Ringer Podcast Network. Heat Check will be back next week in its regular Monday slot. We enjoy all of you. Thanks so much. Bye.